Hello again and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host Brian J. Kinsley and with me as always, through the magic of the internet, my friend Ben Rupel. The internet is kind of magic, isn't it? I love it. Everything on it, everything in it, the things you can do with it, it's amazing. I think we've all learned that recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with everything going on with all the, the, the apocalypse here, the internet's made it... Um easier to get along in life than ever with everything else going on. I mean, for people around the world, being able to work from home, the internet, it's the way of the future. It might catch on. Wave of the future. Wave of the future. Yes, you are in, you are correct that we are doing this as part of the uh, CoronaCast series. We are not in the same place at the same time, unfortunately. I miss you, but uh, at least we get something to do here together and that people can have another episode of Crime and Music. Like every other Wednesday, we put out one true crime story about people in and around the music business and their misadventures and the law breaking. If you like that sort of thing, tell your friends, you know, say, hey, you're, you're sitting around, you got nothing to do. Check these guys out. Uh, check out their true crime podcast about music. Everybody likes music. Everybody likes true crime. Two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah, so Brian and I were talking the other day, and I think, you know, all these podcasts often are listened to, um, you know, why people are driving in their cars, they're going into work, they're driving around the country, doing vacations, all things that people stopped doing here a few months ago. Nobody drives. And I can't wait until we get back to normal, or at least a closer proximity to normal, and I think we're going to see our our podcasts bump up in numbers a little bit. Everybody. I mean, not just us, but, you know. You know, Joe Rogan needs to eat too, Brian. Oh no, you're right. It's it's slim pickings for everybody out there without all you good commuters. So for those of you who are still out there commuting, I really appreciate it. Keep up the good fight. Do do what you got to do. Stay healthy. And uh, man, thanks for listening. Yeah, and they'll they'll get back to it. They, they'll have a few in the bank to listen to. You know, when you listen to a podcast, sometimes you got to wait a little while until the next one comes out. If you're all caught oh, yeah. up, yeah, there's gonna be some people out there that got one in the bank. But I can tell you. Super friend or super, um, what do we call her? Super fan Michelle. Super fan Michelle. I think she's ke- she's keeping up. Uh, sorry, Michelle. <laughs> she's keeping up. I think so. I All appreciate right. that. Yeah. Appreciate yep. that. All right. Well, speaking of keeping up, are you ready to try and keep up with your record of guessing the guest? Yes, I am. Oh, can we do it before you start the pro- the music? Can 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 we pull the curtain back just a little bit? For, just for, a peek. Just a little bit. Okay. Not not like maybe like like side boob of a pull, curtain pull, not the whole boob. All right. All right. Just a bit of the areola. Uh, here's <laughs> the deal. The Blues Nipsley. Brothers episode for oh, everyone. No, no. You're going to tell them? Uh, every, if any, we had so many people we knew listen to that and came, oh, yeah. it came up to me or texted me or emailed or called and said, I can't believe you don't know who the Blues Brothers are. <laughs> Just for everyone, I don't, I, I, I don't want that on my resume. Uh, I want everyone to know that the Blues Brothers movie is literally in my top five desert island movies to pick if you can't watch anything but five movies. Absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I'm well aware did, of the Blues Brothers. You did really well. You had people convinced you got your April Fools on them. That was, you April yeah. fooled them. Yeah, good. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I like that. That was a fun one. I li- I listened to it. it. Unfortunately, that was when we f- did a couple of those with the audio quality were a little lower because we were trying to figure out, you know, some of that, that stuff. But yeah. uh, it was a fun one. It was a good one. I liked it. It was good. Well, good. All right. All right. Hopefully, I think we got another fun one here today for you. Um, it's got, uh, there's some, there's some guns and there's some violence. People get kicked and beaten, and uh, there's some money, of course, because you know it's it's music. So oh, there's some money in there. Spoilers, Brian. Spoilers. No, I'm just trying. I'm trying to do a preview so people can get in and be like, "Oh, what's this one gonna be about?" And then I'll you know give them a little little description there about what you're into. So oh, a drugs, te- money, a teaser. A, you're well, a teaser. That, there you go. Doing teasers. All right. Um. All right. But right now, I am done with the teasing. Are you ready? I am. for your favorite game. Guess the guest. Guess the guest. Bum 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 bum. I can't hear the audio. I gotta make my own. You're doing great though. So I always ask this. This is my first. You you get to give me hints. But again, do I know this person? Right. I don't know. I feel like you should. Oh well. Okay. Are they like some 13th century pan flute player? Uh no. Okay. All right. I got a chance. All right, continue. 
All right, are you you're ready for Guess the Guest? I am. I'm excited for Guess the Guest. Well, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. it's like finding Waldo and those finding Waldo books. <laughs> those are the best. Uh, I heard the trick is what you do is you go into a Where's Waldo book and just pick a random page, find Waldo, and then like paint him or erase him out of the picture, and then no one will ever find Waldo. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go with Guess the Guest. All right, here we go. This is one of those um, where I'm just going to tell you his name. <laughs> Have you ever heard of William Jonathan Drayton Jr.? William Jonathan, Jonathan Drayton Jr. Is it Drake? Drayton. D-R-A-Y-T-O-N. No, Drayton. I was guessing the guest. Is it Drake? Oh, Drake. Oh, uh, no. I'm <laughs> okay. sorry. It's not Drake. But he is He is a rapper and an actor. Jonathan. Okay. Is it? All right. All right. Go ahead. <clears throat> next, next clue. Um, William Jonathan Drake Jr., rapper, actor. He is the star of several reality TV shows. Um, several real. Uh, is it Flavor Flav? Several. Oh my God! It is Flavor Flav. You did All right, it! I got it! Yay! Woo! Ric Flair says the next two quote uh, guesses are or guesses clues are going to be. He's also known for yelling, "Yeah, boy!" Yeah, and he is a member of the hip hop group Public Enemy. He's a he's a he seems like a nice guy. Like I think he's gonna make a he he'd make a good grandfather. Uh, we'll get there. I, I believe. <laughs> Honestly, I, mean, I don't I don't think he has any grandkids, but he does. He's he gets married a couple times, so uh, we'll get there. I, I know I know a couple things about him. I'm not I know you're gonna hit on him, so continue. <laughs> Born March sixteenth, nineteen fifty nine. Born William Jonathan Drayton Jr. in Roosevelt, New York, to Pillian. To parents, William Sr. and Anna, it's Flavor Flav. In 1959, I feel like he's got to be even old in his group of uh, other yeah. public enemy guys. He's old as far as it goes with that stuff, yeah. I mean, but, 50- you know, <clears throat> he doesn't look old, so it, it, it he sort of so, falls in and plays the game, I guess. Well, I mean, he's 61, six, no, 20 and 40, 61. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, that... I feel like he's got to be the oldest one in his posse. I Again, wonder who he's a grand. <laughs> he's a good great. I think he's a good grandfather. Who's the oldest rapper still working? Is that your question? I don't. Well, I that's hard to quantify. I mean, what makes one a rapper? Uh, I don't know. Record contracts and <clears throat> shootouts. I don't know. All right. Hey, I saw I I, I saw a guy uh, rapping. Dr. Seuss books on the internet the other day. <laughs> he did a pretty good job. White dude looks just like some frumpy middle-aged white dude. And he said it, he said it, sorry, Michelle. He said it to like um, <laughs> Dr. Dre beats and, and old just beats. And he's, he's like rapping one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Does the whole book. Does a phenomenal job. I, I enjoy his entire catalog. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Um, let's talk about Billy, and he was raised in nearby Freeport, New York. Freeport is a village in the town of Hempstead, Nassau County, on the south shore of Long Island, New York, USA. Okay, so So he's he's in the city area. He's not like upstate New York. Nah, he's from Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. Long Island. The population there is 43,713 as of the 2010 census, a settlement since 1640. It was once an oystering community and later a resort town popular with the New York City theater community. Now it is primarily a bedroom suburb. I don't know what that is, but it (laughs) retains a modest commercial waterfront and some light industry. (laughs) It's a bedroom. I don't know what that is. A bedroom (laughs) suburb. Would you know what a bedroom suburb is? No, I don't. I don't. It sounds sounds kinky. (laughs) A little bit. Right? A little bit, yeah. In 1853, residents voted to rename the village Freeport, adopting a variant of the nickname used by ship captains during the colonial times because they didn't charge them customs duties to land at the land their cargo, so it was a Freeport. And then they're like, oh, you go to that Freeport up there by New York? We'll just call it Freeport. Oh, that sounds cool. Notable people from Freeport, New York? Do you know any? Uh, Flavor Flav. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Havoc of the hip-hop group Mob Deep, he lives in Freeport. Steve Lieberman, punk rock bassist, flautist, and singer known as the Gangsta, he lives in uh, Freeport. Guy Lombardo, musician and big band leader, Freeport. All right. 
you might know this one. Randolph Pope Mills II. No. No. He is known as the Johnny Appleseed of lacrosse. He went across the country starting lacrosse groups, and uh, he's from Freeport. Why the frick would I know that? (laughs) (laughs) You might know this one. I don't know. This plays right right into your, like, base of knowledge. All right. This is in your wheelhouse. Wade Nichols. You know who Wade Nichols is? No, I don't. Pornographic actor Wade Nichols, known for such films as Blonde Ambition, Jailbait, Marchino Cherry, Punk Rock, Summer of Laura, Takeoff, and Teenage Pajama Party. Okay. All right. No, Wade Nichols. I thought he was. Here, uh, Billy Murray. There you go. That's Bill Murray. Big... No, Billy Murray, a vaudevillian era singer, was from Freeport. All right. All right. That's... Eddie Murphy, though, went to junior high at John W. Dodd Middle School in Freeport. And finally, to round it out, Lou Reed, singer-songwriter and founding member of the Velvet Underground, born and raised in Freeport. Okay, well, there's, why didn't we start and end with those two dudes? <laughs> that's why we ended with, those, oh, just the whole thing, gotcha. Well, well, there's <laughs> no, that's that. good, that's good. <laughs> All right, it's a big place. I mean, it's, it's, a metro, it's in the New York metropolitan area. It's a big, uh, it has been really? forever. Are you considering Long Island as being in the metropolitan area? Well, Long Island, I think, is one of the, isn't that New York? I don't know. One of the no. boroughs? It's not one of the boroughs? No, no my, my, Long my brother. Yeah, it's long. It's a Long Island. Right. My, it is. My brother went to a fancy audio music college out in Long Island called Five Towns. And uh, we drove him out there with a U-Haul behind our big family van and hit downtown Manhattan at five o'clock rush hour with a U-Haul trailer. That was fun. And then drove another probably, I don't know, hour, two hours out to Long Island to drop him off. So There's yeah, it's a- not quite in the city. You got to, that's a that's like a day trip if you're going in. It's like going to Detroit. You're like, oh, we're going into the city today. Yeah, no, you're right. I think because I had a buddy that, uh, a guy I knew that lived in New York, and he was a sales rep, so I'd go out there, and he's a big-time fisherman. And he'd go out all the way to the end of Long Island. There's a little town out there called Montauk. Ooh. And, and these dudes, this is, he Montauk. wouldn't do. He'd just wade, he'd wade out in like waders and cast out into the ocean. And try Sounds to like catch a He-Man you. villain, Montauk. 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 I am, Mon- I am Mantog. <laughs> And so he would catch these big, huge striped bass, these big, I mean, big fish. There but there were, there were these other dudes that would wear like a, uh, uh, a neoprene bodysuit, floatable like bodysuit thing. Like, like a surf suit? Like yeah, a wetsuit. A, a wetsuit. And they'd be out there maybe in an inner tube, and they'd go way out in the, they'd swim out there with their fishing pole, cast, and they'd catch these big fish, and they're, now they're just getting pulled around in the ocean by the <laughs> fish. Mind you... Great white sharks live out there too. Oh, good lord! <laughs> yeah. So you're you're swim fishing. And they called there's... it they called it skishing, Ski, skishing, skishing, skishing. Yeah, look it up. I, I, let's do it. That's that's done. <laughs> all right, look it up. It's a thing. Um, that's a bad thing. Like I go, I go. I used to go river fishing around here, throw on the waders, and hit the Huron River. And it's like, man, you get sucked under. That's that's a hell of a ride, you know, in a river. But if you got a giant fish pulling you, you're not even. I mean, there's no control of where you're going. Well, the the, the those guys don't have waders on. Some of them do, I guess, up on the shore, guys. But you can always let go of the fishing pole. <laughs> I guess, man. That's that's. If you're you gonna know, die, couple hundred dollar rod. I'm sure most of these dudes are using. Oh heck yeah, those saltwater pieces of equipment. You can't buy cheap stuff. Well, speaking of cheap stuff and fishing, uh, I'm just going to jump off from your brother. Billy has some brother and, and a sister. Hey, he's just like you. Billy's got a brother named Stephen and a sister named Jean. Those are really uh, normal names. Stephen and Jean. And his dad owned a, a soul food restaurant called The Soul Diner. Dude, I can't wait to get back to some restaurants. <laughs> My so- wife finally opened it up, man. We've had pizza twice, and that is it. No, I mean, like, I want to go and eat at your restaurant and have somebody else clean the freaking dishes off. Oh, God. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> I'm just ready for it. All right, continue. It uh, was an endless debate before about what's for dinner. And then when this thing started, it uh, just became the main event of the day. What's for dinner? Oh, I got nine hours to think about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Don't want to mess up this performance. 1964, age five. Speaking of performances, Billy is a musical prodigy. He sings in the youth choir at his church. Um, He taught himself how to play the piano. And according to Chuck D., fellow Public Enemy member, Billy is proficient in 15 different instruments. Are you serious? Yep. He plays shit like the oboe and all sorts of stuff. And he's a really talented pianist. He's really... That's awesome. I did not know that. That, I, I, I have respect for... 
uh, entertainers that know how to play an instrument other than oh, just yeah, yeah. look look funny and sing, you know, whatever. Correct. You wouldn't expect Flavor Flavor Flav to come sit up at the piano and dun 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 like Chopin or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's why there are some of my more uh, the folks in the music industry I've enjoyed listening to the most are the their their main focus is is singing or dancing or whatever, but they can also freaking shred on a guitar or on the keyboard or something or both. It's That's impressive. cool too. Well, this is probably more what you were expecting to hear about Billy. Uh, as a small child, he set the house on fire while playing with the lighter. Uh, quote from <laughs> quote from Billy on the situation. Quote: I set our house on fire when I was a little kid playing with lighters. Boy, did I burn that place down! He did. He did burn it down. Yeah, burned down. I, it's gone. It's burned. Yeah. It's burned. Uh, in eleventh grade, we're jumping up here. In eleventh grade, he drops out of Freeport High School. And by that time, he'd sort of been in and out of jail a little bit. He had strung together a couple short jail stints for, like, robbery and burglary. Like, nothing crazy crazy, but, you know, sort of, I don't want to call it kid stuff, but he, he's, he's getting there to the, he's starting to slide, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's getting in trouble, like, like yep. kids will do. There you go. Uh, 1978, age 19, Billy goes to culinary school. Wow, jack of many trades. That's what I'm saying, right? Uh, while attending Adelphi University on Long Island, he meets a guy named Carlton Ridenour. You know Carlton Ridenour? No. No. Okay. Uh, he's a graphic design student. He's also known as Chuck D. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that name. Well, right. I mean, none of their rap names are ever their real name. Really? <laughs> I don't think Eminem's his real name. And I don't know if Dre is a doctor. He's a, he's a beat doctor. I guess. So is Mike Tyson. Uh, well, okay. Eminem is at least Eminem, Marshall Mathers. M M. Mark, get it? I never put that together. <laughs> I just, I. <laughs> you didn't know that? I see all the E's, like E N E M E N I M. I'm like, dude, that's a lot of E's there. E. I always just think like a big E. I don't think of the M's. I never. <laughs> Thanks, right. man. Brian just got a little edu- edumacation there. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's Crack- funny. Cracking the knowledge. I appreciate that. All right. So uh, those two bond quickly over music, like Eminem and Dre. So you got Chuck D and and Flav there doing their thing in in college. Um, Billy graduates from culinary school, so he is a graduate of culinary school. Uh, They start collaborating on music. They start on Chuck D's got this hip-hop college radio show, and Billy would come in, and, like, they started rapping together on the show. Um. I keep calling him Billy. You know, we're talking about Flavor Flav. Billy um, used to be a graffiti artist. He would go out there and spray paint tags and stuff, and Flavor Flav was his graffiti tag. So so just to kind of back up a little bit for all of our uh, listeners that may have been with us since the Vanilla Ice days, ice, uh, ice the part of the hip-hop, underground sort of hip-hop thing was uh, music, dancing, yes. and yes. graffiti. <laughs> Yeah, right? That's it. Those are the three tenets of, uh, I, don't, I think it's hip-hop or b-boy or something like that. You got to really be focused on one of them, but be able to do all three. It's like kung fu training. Like You yeah. got to know crane style and lizard style and snake style and whatever. Which, which I, I remember when we were talking about it, I just found it odd. I'm like, hey, well, okay, dancing and, and music. I get that. Those two go together like, you know, peas and carrots. But spray painting a water tower? That's part of your... <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that part, but whatever. All right. Go go, you go over to the train yard and bring a couple cans of spray paint with you. Could have been like the Blues Brothers and brushed it on there. Like, Well, they didn't and back then in, in, invent spray cans. Oh, the no, they, did have, they did have spray cans because Elwood had the uh, spray can of glue. Glue. Good yep. stuff. All right. <laughs> 1985. More good stuff. Age 26. Carlton and Billy form Public Enemy. Just the two of them. Um, well, yes, so far it's just the two. Okay. Two in the college radio show. Mm. Uh, after Chuck graduates, he and Billy get jobs delivering furniture for Chuck's dad. Uh, he's got this U-Haul truck that they rent. And so they started the band. You know how you got to have a job to play in a band. Pay pay the bills. So when they're hauling the furniture, would, would, uh, Billy just look at Chuck and just go, Chuck it over there. (laughs) And Chuck would go, yeah, boy. Billy's like, I like that. I like that. how that sounds. Um, around this time, besides a wonderful conversation in the truck, those two uh, also started to collaborate musically with these other couple of dudes. Norman Rogers, a.k.a. Terminator X, 
and Richard Griffin, a.k.a. Professor Griff. So that's the traditional uh, public enemy you're probably used to hearing about. Yeah, and, and, and I like that the Griffin's last name was Griffin. And he went with Griff. I like there you got to have a little tie in there, you know. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, callback, <clears throat> if you were. Um, these guys would help round out that sound they were looking for in the public enemy lineup, and they start making beats and tunes. Got to have their, beats and tunes. One of their early demo tapes finds its way uh, to the offices of this new record label that no one's ever heard of called Def Jam Records. I've, I've still never heard of it. You've heard of Def Jam Records. <laughs> I've heard of it. Okay, I was going to say. And then there's this founder guy that everybody in rap should know about named Rick Rubin. Yeah, that name has been around for a long time. Big old white guy with a big, huge, like, biker beard. And uh, he's really famous in the rap world. You, you might know him from Beastie Boys. Like, he's a producer for a lot, a lot of the Beastie Boys stuff. Hey, I saw some Beastie Boys documentaries coming out or something here soon. Oh, yeah? On, like, uh apple or or hulu or something cool yeah i'll have to check it i want to check that out because you know they do interviews with the remaining beastie boys because one's dead right yeah then two out of three yeah okay there's a song two out of three all right so rick rubin big bearded white dude 1986 rick rubin likes what he hears he signs a deal with the guys on initially rick didn't understand what billy did in the act he's like what do you do because like Billy is in a group of rappers. You got your main rapper. You've got, um, they have different jobs. So like some dudes will be what they call the side man, like, you know, or the hype man. And that's mm. what Billy did. So let's say you're the main dude. You're out there. Chuck Dean at rapping militant, angry stuff, whatever you're about. And then I would be the hype man. And I'll be like, yep, yep. What? <laughs> Woo. You know, like, and so, Rick Rubin's like looking, he's like, I'm going to give you a bunch of money and sign a record deal. Why is this guy? It's like the dancing guy in the Muddy Muddy Boss Tones. You're like, why is he part of the band? Why is he getting a cut? He's, he's, it's a stage performance. Yeah, no, it is, right. It's, it is live performance. So Rick is like, you know, I just signed Chuck to a solo deal. And uh, Chuck, being a good friend that he is, insisted that Billy and the rest of the guys be signed with them. So they all signed a Def Jam, and now you've got the official Public Enemy lineup. 1987, the group releases its first album, Yo, Bum Rush the Show. Remember that one? No? Yeah. Called yeah. Yo, yo, okay. On the record, uh, Billy serves as the comic guy to Chuck D's like serious political stuff. I mean, are you familiar with Public Enemy? You, you know what? We grew up with... Uh, they were probably putting out some vinyl early in the time where I probably wasn't allowed to listen to some of that music. So by the time I got old enough where I could buy my own stuff, it was probably a little older. So we we weren't listening to as much Public Enemy. Um, I don't know when when were their albums getting released in the late eighties, yep. late eighties, late eighties. So, so we're seventh, St. Bob's in it. Yeah, we're in sixth, seventh grade, and. I don't have a car to drive to the, you know, Jelly Bean record store and get myself some two live <laughs> crew or anything. Rock a roller. Yeah. Oh, we uh, had to we had to rely on like older brothers to slip us an old a, a, a tape and listen to some, you know, music that said the F word. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think this was before parental advisory was like a big thing. Oh yeah. So it was about this time that you started getting Tipper Gore and parental advisory labels and stuff like that. And the well, maybe not Tipper Gore, but stuff right so they released the first album yo bum rush the show and it's like death row what a brother no um i'm gonna just randomly spout out when i see lyrics that i remember from public enemy they weren't on my radar at this point in time i was being introduced to like hair bands by my older brothers and big into van halen and stuff like that yeah so i mean we were really out of my wheelhouse rap is like the hole in my trivial pursuit puzzle piece that i've been trying to make up for for 20 30 years well and you're white well, right, and the <laughs> the one person of color we had at our grade school uh, left before this time, so I didn't have any other influences or anyone to bring me something different than what I was exposed to. So. Well, the rap though, a lot it, for a for you know for a white bread sort of homogenized society that we kind of lived in, and in, in that back in the day out in the country and whatever, yeah. um, to give us. A, a, a tape that had swearing and stuff that was derogatory towards women or Ooh. authority, I mean, was that was taboo. I mean, yeah, I, no. 
I don't want to give that to my 10-year-old today. <laughs> I mean, that's no. not, I don't think that that's what I, I want my 15-year-old listening to. But I am going to send your kids a copy of Yo Bum Rush the Show and see you know, how they like it. I, I say that, Maya may be a big, huge hypocrite because I think I've let them listen, watch some movies that maybe were not appropriate. <laughs> They're rocking out David Allen Co. records and stuff. <laughs> no, we're not going there. There you go. All right. Um, as I was talking about, what you figure out here in early on in the uh, Public Enemy set is that Billy is the comic guy. He makes the funny jokes. He says the funny lines. And Chuck D is the seriously politically charged guy, like black militant agenda type stuff and, and you know, just being aggressive about it. Yeah, so, and that and, totally comes through in their music. Right. And people seem to like it because 1988, age 29, the group releases their second album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. It goes double platinum. Oh, wow. Okay. That's yeah, big. They, that's huge. 1991, Billy pleads guilty to assaulting his girlfriend, Karen Ross. Okay. Serves 30 days in jail and loses custody of his children. Uh, Billy has three children with Karen. Oh, wow. How, when, when, how old was he? Uh, see, he's going to be 31 or 31, oh. 32 at that point okay. in time. That's, that's, that I'm, I'm still thinking he's early twenties. No, something. right. And that's the thing. This whole story, he's, he's older than you think he, he's a late bloomer, which hey. I love. I'm a late bloomer myself. I'm still hey. waiting to bloom. Hey, speaking of condoms, um, oh, <laughs> is that so, a condom? What the? <laughs> so the Michigan health department here just recently has, has, uh, said that they will deliver condoms to you free of charge. Cause you could normally go to any. <laughs> any state of Michigan health department, county health department and get free condoms, you know, as sure. a, as a way to help curb STDs and whatnot and Makes sense. whatever. Yep. Well, now people can't, are not supposed to be leaving the house. So they're saying, we'll ship them to you. So we can just start filling out paperwork online and having condoms shipped to different people's houses that we know, <laughs> Brian. Just saying. I think you found a, a fun thing for listeners to do. I um, mean, we can, there's some people that don't, we know that really don't believe in birth control at all. And I think I'm going to show them some. <laughs> uh, sorry, Michelle. Did you know a group of Karens is called an entitlement? <laughs> I, I, get, I get that. All right. Billy and uh, Karen's got his three kids. He's due in jail for assaulting his girlfriend. I don't have too many more details than that. Um, we'll bust up, though, from 91 to 1993. Billy is charged with attempted murder for shooting at his neighbor, Theo Louise English. That's a weird name. Shot at his, like, across the yard, you think, or what? The shooting took place outside of a New York City high-rise apartment building where Billy and the other guy lived. It's believed that the incident may have involved Billy's girlfriend. Um, Billy surrenders to the police in the building's lobby, takes officers to his 23rd floor apartment where cops say they found an unlicensed 38 caliber semi-automatic pistol with one bullet missing from the clip. So it, it was a crime of passion. I think it was more like a threatening thing where... He just like he did a desk pop, you know. He's just like, "Hey, <laughs> back off my desk, woman!" Gotta, gotta do a desk pop, pop pop. So, hey, I did my first desk pop. <clears throat> we'll get that in here one of these days. I'm about to <laughs> yeah. touch up the ceiling. <laughs> Alicia better not be at home. Make sure the yeah, dogs are on the, the, on the basement floor. Clear out the patio upstairs. Um, Billy is convicted of weapons possession. He's sentenced to two months. He is sentenced to two months in jail and three years probation. Two months in jail, okay. All right, yeah, whatever. Later in 1993, Billy is charged with domestic violence again and cocaine and marijuana charges. He doesn't seem like a big dude. He's I mean, not, but I feel like he gets wound up, you know, pretty quick on the coke and the, and the drinking. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't preclude you from beating up somebody or your wife or your girlfriend or whatever. That's true. You don't need, um, <laughs> you're not a big guy if you're hitting a woman. No, no, no. I'm. I, my brain got caught, and I was like, you know what? I didn't. Know, I don't know how big this girl was. So she might have beat his ass, and still he got the assault charge. You know how that kind of goes. Someone. The cops are called for a domestic. Someone's going to jail. Someone's going to jail. <laughs> so she might have. She might kicked his ass, and he went to jail. I don't know. Uh, Billy's family is concerned about him, though. They go and uh, they do one of those. Well, I, let's see if I can pronounce this right. In, intervention. 
Is that what that's called? Yeah, intervent. You know that word. I've never heard of one. I don't want to hear a one. I don't. <laughs> oh, want you're trying to. Uh, Brian's well, avoiding trying to, an intervention. Avoiding not only an intervention but the word intervention. Yeah. No, I've just. I, our beer, our beer fridge is emptier and emptier nowadays. The longer this goes on, and I used to not be a big sort of drinker, and I'm not now. But it's more like I have. I grab a beer after work now, you know, just have a one beer as opposed to having like four beers on a Saturday watching a football game or something or baseball. I don't even know so, what ba- baseball. I've never heard that. What is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Wearing this funny hat, I don't know what it's used for. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they have an intervention for him. So Billy checks into the Betty Ford Center for Addiction. To uh, He's mainly concerned about the crack cocaine. They're just like, you're doing too much crack, Bill. So um, what, what, is, what is the right amount of crack that I should be doing? Uh, and less than zero, I think. Is zero <laughs> zero's the right amount. Anything with zero or less, you're good. Right. That's a proper dosage. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of dosages, it's not real good, but 1997, Billy's father dies of the di- diabetes, so some type of insulin issue. Yeah. I bet uh, you before I, we, I bet you before we die, Brian, they'll have the cure to that. About, about. That'd be good. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. I feared type two diabetes for a long time because, man, I love sugar. That that that's the white powder I love is sugar, and so. I, I always have in the back of my head when there's insulin talk, I'm always looking out. I'm like, okay, insulin shortage. Man, don't, <laughs> don't, don't be eating the sugar, buddy. To dial it back. So, I've had blood work. I'm good. I'm, my blood is premium. I'm super far away from even pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-diabetic. I asked. I just so. avoid going to see the doctor. That way I don't know that I'm sick. Ignorance is bliss, man. Yeah. I tell you what, that's the best. So uh, Billy's dad dies of diabetes in 97. That sort of sparks Billy to um, re-enter rehab because he's sort of stumbled. And so now he's, he's trying, man. Um, he goes to the Long Island Center for Recovery. And right around this time, he actually breaks both arms in a motorcycle accident. Ew. Ew. Yep. That oh. always gets me because it's like, who's wiping your ass? Well, that, <laughs> that was literally the first thought that came to my mind. But right? so I many mean, things. How am I going to touch my face 20 times an hour? Okay, you're not supposed to do that. I know, but right? I do it all the time, dude. I, she licks her finger and changes the page. Okay, the CDC recommends no more touching your face. <laughs> yeah. What, I, what the? <laughs> if there's one thing to come out of the corona is that's you know, explain to people how many times an hour they touch their face. It's a, <laughs> the, numbers, the number's staggering. That, that and the importance of toilet paper. So... All right, uh, he's busted both his arms in a motorcycle crash. That was sort of the end of a, a phase. Get, do you think he got a monkey to help him? <laughs> to help her monkey? A helper, a helper monkey? Help him, you know, unscrew the, the, the thing of soda pop and wipe his butt and, you know. JoJo needs help. Uh, 1998, Public Enemy releases its political single, Fight the Power. Remember that one? Fight, Fight the Power. power. Yep. Uh, with this song, the group becomes a mainstream sort of superstar sensation. This is the one that blows them up. Billy stands out as uh, among the members of Public Enemy. He often gets fans excited. He's appearing on stage. He's wearing his big hats, glasses, and a large clock dangling from his neck. <laughs> oh, he didn't have that until now then, huh? Till 98. That's okay. sort of his, like, that's when he found his style, I guess. Found his flavor. He put a big one of those like clocks that you'd see hanging on the wall at your high school. <laughs> oh, it's a wall neck. clock, right? Yeah. <laughs> he just put that, and that was his thing. So if you guys, if you're a little younger on the on the the set here, and you ever seen the old photos of rappers, and the one dude's got like Big Ben hanging from his neck, which is a clock in England, um, that's Flavor Flav. No, he didn't have big. It wasn't like that. Well, it was, it's a huge clock, is all I'm saying. It's a I'm big round clock. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I want to differentiate between Big Ben because I think then there was somebody that did that. <laughs> I said it, and I thought that too. I'm like, that's going to confuse people. No, I think there was somebody that kind of spoofed it and put I just you know, like a large clock, like a desk clock on there around their neck. <laughs> yeah, Bubba Sparks or somebody. I don't know. All right, uh, the first track released on this one, Billy Rap's Solo. He's got a couple songs called Life of a Nigerian and goat juju goat juju huh all right yeah i I don't know goat juju i didn't go deep into it i put in um you know how like i'll listen to the music of the people i'm trying to write about and man this public enemy comes at you it's aggressive even with the music because they've got these screaming horns 
and it just goes through the whole song while they're just rapping over top of it. But it's like, and so I had a hard time <laughs> focusing with it. So I didn't really get to take in the music as much as I normally would. It's like, good Lord, this is attention grabbing. It's a lot of noise. So, so much noise. The first hit on uh, which Billy Rap solo wouldn't come until 1990. We're going to jump back there. It's 911 is a joke. You remember that one? 911's a joke in your Oh, time. oh yeah, yes. No, I would. That's where he for some reason I was thinking solo. 9 911 New York oh, yeah. Trade Town. I'm like, what? They were Yeah, no, it were changed. There? A were there bit. already? No. So, basically, I got those a little out of order, but this is the idea and during the first sort of couple years of Public Enemy, Billy hung back and now he's got started doing solo stuff and like he's the one taking the lead. He's not just yeah, boy in the yeah, background. Boy. So, um Billy gets into some tension uh, with another group mate, Professor Griff. So yeah. the problem here is that Griff didn't like Billy's sort of flamboyant stance uh, on... There's two sides of Public Enemy. Billy, who thinks everything is funny and, and not serious, and then Griff and Chuck D, who are like, you got to take this more serious. We got a platform to send out serious political messages here, and uh, we want to challenge the system. And, and Billy's just like, yeah, boy, I don't know, man. I don't want to do that. I'm just having fun. I just, you know. <laughs> All right. You, while you guys are doing that, I'm going to wear a clacker on my neck and just say some dumb shit on, on interviews all over the world. Okay. Right. All so right. you guys handle the, that stuff, and I'm going to do the fun stuff. Yeah. That, that, both are important. 1999, Billy records with DJ Tomek and Grandmaster Flash and the single One, Two, Three Rhymes Galore. Now, that's important because Grandmaster Flash is one of the pioneers of rap and hip-hop, and then this song spent 17 weeks in the top 10 of the German charts. Oh, not, not David Hassel off the top, huh? Das is good. Billy dated this girl, Beverly Johnson, and by 2000, in the year 2000, he lived in a small apartment in the Bronx with her and her two children from a previous marriage while money-scalping baseball tickets. That's what he was doing? Yeah, that was that was his gig. Wow, he 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 went downhill quick. Well, I you know if all you got to do is show up wearing a clock on your chest and be like nine one one's a joke in your town, and everybody else is doing all the political stuff. I you know you got some free time. Well, so, what didn't he have money? I don't know that. Well, yeah, they were raking it in by this time actually. And he's I don't not- know. Maybe he got set up too. Maybe he's like, hey, who wants to see the Mets? I can't go. I gotta go open a. Taco Bell or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he and just then did he it got for sport. Scalping. He just did it for sport. You know, why is Winona Ryder stealing? Who knows? Why do they need your phone number at Radio Shack when you're just trying to buy batteries? <laughs> so I you don't build bombs. That's why. Because you will build a bomb if you have batteries. All right. So after his release from jail for scalping tickets, uh, Billy breaks up with um, Beverly and moves in with his mother back in Long Island. Hey, Mom, I'm home. <laughs> this is a Steinfeld uh, episode, isn't it? <laughs> It's kind of, it is, right? (laughs) Uh, We got a quote from Billy about this time in his life. Uh, Quote, I stayed home being a father. I got on drugs more. I got more stressed out. I kept getting arrested for driving with no license. And my personal appearance was not looking too cool. Yeah, I I don't, that's, that's like exactly what I'm doing in life right now. (laughs) With that, you know what? I think we should take a break right now. And, uh. We're going we're gonna to go out with what I've been doing, playing songs from my high school band, 21 Days. And we're back. There, we're back. That was a good break. Funny. It's funny. 2002, Billy gets a break. He spends nine weeks in Rikers Island jail for driving with a suspended license, numerous parking tickets, and tardiness for probation appointments. One of those things where, like, if you just had an assistant to tell you when to be at court and, like, pay your tickets, you'd be fine. But yeah, he's in and out of in and out of trouble quite a bit. I mean, he's never had some big, huge problem. He hadn't killed anybody yet. He didn't Not shoot at yet. a guy. <laughs> he did a desk pop. It's just a desk pop. Uh, 2003, a humbled and still recovering Billy relocates to the West Coast. West Side. 
and he begins seeking out television work. Yeah, you know what? I um, I I guess if you would have asked me where he was from, I would have guessed L.A. or New York, but it would have been fifty-fifty. I mean, he's New York, of course. No, fifties from-, from Detroit. Fifties <laughs> from Detroit? Yeah, man, fifties from Detroit. We we'll get into Fifty Cent one day for sure. He's from Detroit. Yes, he's a Detroit rapper. That's where he got shot like nine times in the chest. Just because where you got shot doesn't mean that's where you're from. In Detroit. <laughs> I'll be, I, whatever. I, I hear you, but yes. I, no. you, you could, I don't know. I don't know. That's true. You can, you can go to Canada and somebody can kick your teeth out. I don't know. It can happen. <laughs> it wasn't a kick. I know. I was just, I was trying to get you far enough away to where it didn't get back into a story. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. 2004, <laughs> he lands a show. He gets on the cast of the reality television series, The Surreal Life. And you, I, I, you remember that one? Yeah, and I think there's there's a whole entire generation of people that know him from this, not from his music, but from this reality TV. Yeah, he yeah. he switches over pretty big here, pretty quick. So in the surreal life, this is a TV show where they documented the relationship with him and uh, actress slash model Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, Red the Sonia. big, big, tall, blonde, Russian-looking. Tall. Uh, actress yeah tall, she was the tall one girl she could hunt geese with a rake she's tall <laughs> yeah she had a uh uh a bit she was in that rocky movie with the russian dude yeah she was uh married to dolph lundgren in the movie in the movie ivan, yes. Dr- ivan drago's wife mrs drago yeah i if wonder if dies, she's in the he dies <laughs> i wonder if she's in the uh the follow-up ones now because they're doing those creeds where like apollo creed's kid fight somebody now they have creed's kid versus drago's kid and so is i wonder she's if Brigitte still alive? Isn't it. i didn't see reports that she had died i i don't 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 quote i think she might be dead there you go kids homework brigitte nielsen alive or dead let us know at any place crime <laughs> and music instagram twitter facebook YouTube. hey what happened to that dude that was supposed to be our fact checker the whole time Oh, Githron. He bailed Githron. early on. I don't know. Did it's, he? It's hard to stay up, man, right? Super Fam Michelle. She's guy. the only one doing it. So appreciate I miss it. that guy. We do have some uh, audience feedback at the end of the show. So uh, Okay. Oh, something to look forward to then. Right. Uh, speaking of things to look forward to, 2005, viewers were so interested in Billy and Brigitte that they're inspired to create a new series called Strange Love. Now, they were were they together before the show or were they like no, boyfriend no. girlfriend they What's met that? they met on the cast of the surreal life where they had right, like that... failed actors living in a house together and then they're like hey i can relate to you and she's like i can relate to you and so they sort of pair, paired up on the show and then there were people were like i like watching them so much they decided to run their own show flavor of love that goes for 3 seasons yeah they were they were together i think yeah, for I mean, a while. like boyfriend girl. Yeah, I think or they get it married. All an act. I, I mean, whatever. What I don't know. I, couldn't be two different, weirder people that got together. <laughs> What's real? How can I know? 2006. Uh, Billy puts out his first solo album called Flavor Flav. It's his only huh. solo release. The album was produ- uh, was in production for seven years. How to do, Brian? Well, the oldest track, uh, being Hot One, it's called was the first single it was released back in 1999 the album reached number 44 on the billboard top heat seeker charts and number 80 on the top r&b hip-hop album charts so it was not well received yeah that's not too good (laughs) now speaking of not too good 2007 new york state judge orders billy to pay 1.8 million dollars in damages to the man he allegedly shot at in the bronx apartment building 10 years ago oh you're kidding yeah, no, they, that the criminal thing got taken care of, and he did his time. But then the civil court, the dude's like some whiny New York guy. He's like, he shot a gun in my apartment building. Well, didn't, he didn't get shot. I mean, you're fine. He didn't get shot. I mean, uh, 20 cents in spackle can fill the hole. Come on. Yep, I, I agree. <clears throat> so, all right, that's not a good 2010. 2011, Billy partners with Nick Cimino, and he's trying to open Flav's Fried Chicken in Clinton, Iowa. Wow. <laughs> From New York to L.A. to Iowa. Clinton, Clinton Iowa. Iowa. Anyone from Clinton, Iowa, please send me something on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Crime and Music. I would love to hear from Clinton, Iowa. 
I, I pride myself on knowing many of the different cities and places here in the United States. I've traveled it quite extensively, mostly for work. <laughs> sure. Uh, Clinton, Iowa, had no idea. No. No idea. Well, don't worry, because due to a mix of squabbling owners, bounce checks, and bad business decisions, Flavor Flav's Chicken shut down barely four months after it opened. <laughs> it's a tough industry to get in. <laughs> Food service, man, that's a whole other game, right? I mean... I wonder if Clinton is in like the Quad City area or Des Moines. Come on, I don't know. I have no idea. All right. May 2nd, 2011, Billy's arrested on four outstanding misdemeanor warrants for various driving offenses. Police said the rapper had two outstanding arrest warrants for driving without a license, one for driving without insurance, and one related to a parking citation. Yeah, the guy never got, uh, apparently never got a driver's license anywhere. <laughs> that seems to bring down a lot of people when we have these conversations. It's just them and the driving license. Well, honestly, have you ever left your house accidentally without your driver's license and just felt like you were public enemy number oh, one? Oh, yeah, you're exposed. You're just so wide, eyes wide open, like, oh, God, I hope nobody knows. <laughs> I know. Like, how would they know? Like, like, uh, I've, I've, I've gotten 10 minutes down the road on my way to work, and I forgot my wallet, and I feel like I'm now just landing on the moon without any communication <laughs> to the real world. I don't have a credit card to get gas. I don't have this, that, and the other. Oh, <laughs> God. Jeez. Yep. Like, you leave your phone, after a little while, you feel, you feel free. You leave your wallet, you're just like, oh, God. I'm scared. <laughs> like, I have no control over my life right now. I can't stop and get gum if I want. Yeah, right. Speaking of picking up treats, June 2011, Billy said on the Australian radio show, the Kyle and Jackie O show, that he would spend up to $2,600 a day on crack cocaine. Oh, wow. That's a lot of crack. Where are you putting it all? In your body. <laughs> goes in the body. That's a lot of stuff, man. Huh? All right. 2012, he appears He's with a his... little guy, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it probably does not take a lot. 2012, he appears with his longtime fiance Liz, on Celebrity Wife Swap. You remember that reality show? I, I remember Wife Swap. I mean, Celebrity Wife Swap, I'm assuming, is just like Celebrity Family Feud. Right, where you basically you have two families, they live different lifestyles. Like, oh my gosh, they like country music, and oh, they like Western music. So let's switch you, them up. I got a quick Wife Swap story of a guy here locally in town that went on the show. No names. <laughs> not, no, I, no, I'm not. <clears throat> but anybody listening to this will know. <laughs> uh, I, I sure. if, here locally. So this dude, him and you know his wife do the... The, the wife swap thing he goes down to live with some family in tennessee, tennessee. and that the 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 father comes up and lives with the family in michigan well, he's not a this guy's not a real rich guy he doesn't have a big house or anything just All a right. normal house but the house he went and stayed at was a very nice house very rich house they're very proper people this guy's not a very proper dude <laughs> um so whatever there's some hilarity ensues and he get, they get done, and at the end of the show, they talk about what are you going to do? Because I think they get some money or something at the end of the show. And the family from Tennessee is like, well, we're going to take you know a, a couple dollars, and we're going to go out for a nice meal, but we're going to invest the rest into this 401c3 and some more money into the college fund and this, and then we're going to take a little bit and put it in our, you know, this this drawer under grandma's chest and blah, blah, blah. And, they ask him, well, what do you, you know, what are you going to do with your money? He just goes, I'm going to buy a boat. <laughs> that boat's still in his yard right now. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to buy a boat. I'm going to buy a boat. He Bust bought a boat. Goes. Well, hey, man. I mean, you know, I don't. Did he have a good time with the wife swap, though? I mean, What's was, that? Did he have a good time with the wife swap? I guess so. I, I, I never watched it um, when it came out live because it was like, I think that was like 15 years ago when he did it, but it's on YouTube, so you can look up this dude on YouTube. Well, this celebrity wife swap is also out on the internet, so you can see where uh, Billy's fiance trades place with a woman named Suzette, and she is the wife of frontman from Twisted Sister, Dee Snyder. Oh, really? Yup. So they swap, and hilarity ensues. Everybody has a good time. And then D. Snyder meets Flavor Flav, and I'm sure some collaborations behind the scenes happen there. Sexually? No, I just think I'm like musically, oh. you know, because you like oh. meet a heavy metal dude, and you're like a rap hip hop dude. You're like, that's cool. Let's do something. Cause, you and know. they both knew how to play instruments. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. 
October 17th, 2012, Billy is jailed again in Las Jeez. Vegas for felony charges. He got into a domestic argument with uh, Liz, and uh, he threatens to attack her teenage son, Gibran, with a knife. Yeah, not supposed to do that. Nope. Billy teams up with Gino Harmon and Salvatore Batoni to start a national franchise known as Flavor Flav's Chicken and Ribs. Oh, he's still on that, is he? It opens December 21st, 2012 in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Are you serious? <laughs> yep, that's it. It's here. I've got exclamation points. Sterling Heights, What year? Michigan. What year? 2012. 2012, December. All right. So the business was not affiliated with the previous two ventures of uh, Billy and his restaurant businesses. Flavor Flav's Chicken and Ribs was a casual dining experience with a quick serve attitude. They are known for making their sides from scratch. The ribs were smoked, then dipped in the house sauce. The chicken came fresh weekly from Golden Plump Chicken Company. Sounds good. Golden Pump? Plump. Plump, plump, plump. Oh, plump. Good I don't know plump. if that sounds any better. Golden Pump. Golden Plump Chicken Company. Um, that's You know, that sounds like something to do. You, we should go there. Is it still open? No. Uh, in okay. July 2013, <laughs> Flavor Flay's Chicken and Ribs closed after being evicted by its landlord for failure to pay rent. Yeah, that'll happen. It, that does happen. Other sad news, December 31st, 2013, Billy's mom, Anna, she passes away. Oh, well, she was an older lady. I mean, that, she got a full life out of it. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, her, his dad died of the diabetes early on in his life, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's too bad. It is. Um, remember Long Island? We talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. January 9th, 2014, Billy is pulled over on Long Island on Meadowbrook Parkway for driving 79 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. Dude, did you see that article from the dude doing 180 miles an hour on what? the expressway here recently? No. Yeah, going just down, like, you I-94. He's just busting at 180 miles an hour. He got pulled over and got in trouble. Wow, he had to have stopped for them because you're not going to catch somebody going 180. No, but you can't outrun a, a Radio. CB. Yeah. yeah. What, what, uh, what was he driving? I did. They <laughs> listen. I have the same question. I don't know. They, <laughs> question they, one: <laughs> Was he driving? <laughs> yeah, it was Vin Diesel. Actually, I saw. No, I see. no it was that was. A, <laughs> I did see a pretty good meme. It said, "Hey, when all you non-essential workers get to come back to work, just to let you know, we've changed the speed limit on I seventy five from seventy to up to ninety three. So just try <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> Watch me for the changes and try and keep up." Um, so Bill here is doing 70, 80 miles in a 55 zone. He's charged with possession of marijuana also once they stop him and unlicensed operation of a vehicle. Yeah. The guy doesn't have a license. How can he, I mean, when the cops run him, Billy has 16 suspensions on his license, <laughs> but he had a reason. He had a reason for speeding that day. Take, I'm going to give you a guess of what do you think his reason was for speeding? I need to get more drugs. Uh, no, he was en route to his mother's funeral. You could have left the house a little earlier. I would say you'd think you'd be there, but he was running late and sped up there. The judge took mercy on Billy and all charges were dismissed. Oh, isn't that nice? It was. He felt very, he was like, I am so thankful. I appreciate somebody understands what it's like to lose a parent, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff, which is true. Always wanted to be a banker. (laughs) Uh, May 21st, 2015. Billy is arrested near Las Vegas again. Um, he is charged with speeding and driving under the influence. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, dry tickets. <laughs> a lot of tickets. Again, just you have millions in the bank. Hire a driver. Get is there not like a Uber or Lyft premium or something you can get? Like well, Uber yeah, Black but or something? Maybe he likes maybe he likes to drive. Maybe he doesn't give two shits. <laughs> I guess, man. I guess if you got the money. <clears throat> Well, all right, enough of the driving. Let's get back to the music. 2017, Billy sues Chuck D and Public Enemy's business manager, well, the firm who manages their business, over unpaid profits. He's like, dude, I'm he, not getting the money. I got to pay a bunch of tickets off. I need some money. I'm not getting this money. So he didn't sue, he didn't sue his bandmates. He sued the management Money firm. manager. Right. Okay. Both suits were dismissed in 2019. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm afraid so. January 2018, age 58, Billy is hospitalized following an altercation with a man at South Point Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Got his ass beat. 
The other man started furiously punching and kicking after Billy reportedly disrespected the man's mother. Yeah, not supposed to do that. It's all on security cams, too. You can actually watch the casino footage of him getting beat down. And, I uh, believe I, him. S- I think I might have seen that back in the day, like two years ago. Uh, it's a, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's I think I straight up part of that. casino floor footage. You can watch it. He probably like, whatever, your mama. Oh, hell no. Bah, 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 bah. It didn't last long. No. Billy said he fell during the one-sided fight uh, because he, quote, pulled a groin. Like, ah, oh, my groin. <laughs> Hold and on. This let guy's me kicking stretches. Me. <laughs> I got to do a little yoga before. Wait. <laughs> wait. One second. We're gonna, we should clean up this glass. There's a lot of glass. Someone could get hurt. Uh, he's hospitalized with or what are, they describe as minor injuries. Um, so but just stay out of Las Vegas. He has a lot of issues in Vegas. A lot of people do. <laughs> Speaking of Vegas and money, uh, Billy hasn't paid taxes in over 10 years. Again, he needs that person, Brian. He needs that person <laughs> to basically babysit him. Would save you so much time. Like these, even though there's some sports stars, like these, like a UFC fighter, John Jones, this guy got busted drinking and driving again. And it's like, you have millions of dollars. Just hire, hire a, uh, the president has somebody's, I don't know what it's called, but he's basically the president's wallet. Like somebody gives something to the president, they hand it to this guy and he hangs on to it. The president has, I don't know, keys or anything, a passport. He goes, hey, where's the guy? And then the guy hands him, it, you know, like there's a human being that acts like that at, for that function. <laughs> and that's what these people need. You get a couple mil and you got the budget, hire one of your buddies to well, stay clean and sober and just drive you around and take care of shit. And there are people, they are out there that do that for a living. I mean, that's My not dream a- is your dream, right? Yeah, that's not a, you just, you have to hire them. <laughs> They're butlers who go to buttlering school in London and England and shit, man. I mean, they learn to buttle. There's, there's they things you can their hire ass things. Off. So he, he's racked up $3 million in unpaid taxes, mainly between 2005 and 2015. Most of the debt is basically down to the single year in 2007 when he was filming the second season of the reality show Flavor of Love. He went nuts. Just, he made a lot of money, didn't pay any taxes. Yeah, you gotta pay taxes. They, they want that money. That's, I mean, yeah. That's what scares me about ever, like, if I hit the lotto, I'm like, Jesus, I just, pay the taxes, then tell me what I got. I don't want to know I'm hiring the somebody. pre-number. <laughs> oh, I would hire somebody if I hit a, hit oh. a Powerball. Oh my God. Heck yeah. November 2019, this is not happy. Billy is diagnosed with pancreatitis, mainly due to all of his drinking. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Do you know what pancreatitis is? A little bit. It's a disease in which your pancreas becomes inflamed. The pancreas is a large gland behind your stomach next to your small intestine. Your pancreas does two main things. It releases powerful digestive enzymes into your small intestine to help you digest food, and it never states on WebMD what the other main thing is. <laughs> No, uh, uh, a buddy of mine's good friend has it. He's an alcoholic. Just not my buddy's alcoholic, but it's this from guy drinking. I, I mean, it, yeah, that's, he, that's what it, sets it on. And he can't stop drinking, and he's just gonna basically kill himself because Die of the pancreatitis. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah, yeah, there's a scene you can watch where uh, I don't know if it's Flavor of Love or oh, um, being raised, being raised, celebrity hip hop or something like that. It's about the ki- It's about their kids, like rappers kids who grew up with these 90s rappers as their parents and he has a whole scene where he's like gotta be dead serious with y'all i got pancreatitis and all his kids are like shit really because he like just started being a good dad and sort of making up with them and stuff for all the lives of rehab and stuff all over and so it's pretty emotional but you can watch that online it's a thing yeah i don't don't see bad news i'd rather just watch snoop dogg take his family out and go ice skating uh, him and Martha Stewart cook up some good shit, man. I tell you what. So, um, here's a weird one. March 1st, 2020. So we're right in this year, just like a couple months back here. Public Enemy formally fires Billy from the group after the rapper's lawyer sent a cease and desist letter to presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, which said oh, that Billy didn't agree with Chuck D's attempt to portray the entire group as supportive of the Sanders campaign. So, basically, Chuck D's like, we're we're Bernie bros. We we're back in Bernie, and uh, Billy was like, "I don't want to back Bernie. No, I made a lot of money and don't have money to pay for taxes, so I'm not giving shit away." Oh, really? So, so that that's how they that's why they broke up. Huh? Cease and desist order. Like this man does not represent me, and so yeah. 
Now, April 1st, 2020, a Reuters report claims that the breakup or the firing was just a hoax to generate publicity to provide commentary on disinformation. Chuck D's like deep in these levels. Levels, Chuck. Levels. <laughs> and so Chuck says, quote, he and Billy concocted a fake split to grab attention and highlight media bias toward reporting bad news about hip hop. Huh? <laughs> like what? So uh, Billy denies these claims, writing on Twitter, quote, I am not part of your hoax, end quote. He's done with it. <laughs> I'm over it. There was more to his quote because it was just like, dude, I am seriously, you're doing April Fool's jokes in COVID and lockdown. Like there's more serious shit going on. I ain't got time for your bullshit. Like Billy was actually being the serious one. So it's kind of a juxtaposition flip. And, and Chuck D's got the tinfoil hat on. I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, as we do, we end up the show with a quote from Billy. Flavor, Flav. Quote, one thing you can't do with babies, you can't give them steak. Flavor, Flav, everybody. <laughs> Woo. Where, where do you find these ridiculous, stupid quotes? Just wherever. Brainyquotes.com. And, <laughs> and then Quotopedia and WikiQuote. And yeah, I search around. There's a couple different sites. But he so dude, you just put the name in and just find the dumb... The, <laughs> He's a pu- he's been a public figure for decades, so everything he's ever said is recorded, and that's a quote. Rap lyrics are a quote. I try not to do music or quotes from songs, and if I can help it, so yeah, I think it's better to have the quote from like some news article or an interview right. or like something. An interv- yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's Flavor Flav, man. What'd you think? Uh, I, I I think Flavor Flav was always a a nice enough guy. I don't ever think he did that many bad terrible i mean some of the domestic abuse of course is unexcusable you can't exactly. do that that's nope. bad not right. supposed to do it right but he was a likable enough guy kind of a clown kind of just you know the the light-hearted nature of the guy kind i think fit real well in public enemy with the very heavy-handed chuck d stuff you know so it may right. give a little yin, yin to the yang i like that that's good i think that's why they were successful in in, in part I think you're right. That's a good way to explain that balance, the yin yang thing, yin ying yang thing. Yeah, and I am gonna look up good. to see if that Bridget Nielsen is dead. I think Bridget I, Nielsen. I just feel like she something. It surprised me. She was dead. Red Sonia's dead, huh? I I don't know. She's kind of. I, I thought she's kind of hot. I think she's kind of hot. I didn't mind Red Sonia. I was okay with that. Yeah, I, is that a movie? Uh, it's one of the Conan. Conan. Barbarian, Red Sonia, don't you remember? Oh yeah, She's no, chick, yeah, no, I don't the remember that. Redheaded chick well. in like the red bikini, who's apparently a barbarian warrior. I yeah, I guess I didn't know that was her, but it is. Yeah, sure. You ever you ever seen that skit like college comedy or humor? They're talking about like the video games and they like they act out the video games and they're like armor in video games. The differences between female and male characters. And it's like congratulations conqueror you have won the chest plates of whatever and they hand him this big thing and it's all huge and the guy's like oh you know having a hard time carrying it and then the yeah girl, i know you're her turn this, she yeah. rolls up she's like congratulations conqueror you have won the chest plate it's like a string bikini like thing and she's like what the how does this provide any protection for me i'm wearing more clothes now than before the magic power up <laughs> yeah what? congratulations uh, i just look she's she's not dead hey <laughs> she's She's uh, alive and kicking. She's fine. <laughs> well, good. I'm, we'll end on a happy note. Because Ben said Brigitte Nielsen's not dead, that brings us to a close of another crime in music. Thank you for listening. Please share with a friend. Hit us up. Leave us a speak pipe message. Go to our website, crimeandmusic.com, and uh, the episodes tab has all the episodes, all the collages I make for these shows. Um, if you want to talk to us on facebook or twitter or instagram please do that youtube comments are kind of coming up oh i forgot i told you i'm gonna read you a youtube comment oh yeah you said we had some feedback i did we do um, we're gonna do it real quick as don't forget uh, about that i'm not gonna actually play the feedback song i'll just do it here before the the theme runs out but from tom on uh, youtube he commented on the bobby brown video he said awesome video keep up the amazing content i just wanted to say thanks tom really appreciate that um i liked bobby brown it was an interesting story and i learned a lot more about him but uh i I feel like it was a sad story well it was that's what i mean i I liked it because it like had depth and like there were ups and downs and like yeah like emotion like a drama like a tv drama yeah he was a drama queen 
<laughs> All right, everybody. I've made my pitch. Share with a friend, and we will be back again. Didn't mean to rhyme. I know it's time, but we got to go. So as I say every show, never trust a big button and smile. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.